Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and we are approaching the celebration of the greatest event of the Christian faith, and it is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, the greatest event uh, concerning Christ's coming uh, to this world to go to the cross so the resurrection could and would occur was when he came to lay in the manger. We celebrate that at Christmas. Uh, you know what the world has done to Christmas. They have commercialized it to the point that many Christians forget uh, how holy and important His coming to this earth to go to the cross, not to lay in the manger, nor to stay in the manger, uh, but to go to the cross and pay our sin debt and be buried and be resurrected on the third day. Glory, hallelujah. That's what we're about to celebrate, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, but just like Christmas, Easter, or Resurrection Sunday to the Christian faith, Amen, is 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 actually trying to be blended with the Easter Bunny and the celebration of of spring and and of the fertility. Uh, and there were there were pagan worshippers that worshipped Queen Esther. That's where we get the word Easter from, and she had a son named Tammuz, the, began the beginning of the mother and son uh, deities that were worshipped by pagans, uh, and you can see how that is bleeding in and is bled in to the Christian celebration of the resurrection. Uh, you know, without an egg hunt, uh, we wouldn't have uh, the festivities of Easter. I'm not saying it's wrong to do it for children, but we are no more children. If we are walking in the light and the revelation and the realization of what this is truly all about. So we're not here to give a Sunday school lesson today. Amen to children, although children need to know more than about the Easter Bunny. Amen. We're here uh, to give a revelation and a realization of the importance of the resurrection that we're about to celebrate. Hallelujah. What if Christ, I mean, this is the question posed and answered by the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to pose it and give his answer today. What if Christ had not risen? Just how important is this crucial truth to the Christian faith? Well, the greatest and most far-reaching miracle God has ever performed was the raising of His Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. I'd like a hearty amen from God's children out in this audience today. Most people are familiar with the story. Nearly all who call themselves Christians believe it really happened. There may be people who call themselves Christians who do not believe that. And I would question then their Christianity because Paul says if this didn't happen, there is no such thing as Christianity, no such thing as the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Christian faith rests squarely upon the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Listen to 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve through 20. It says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? If there's no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. 
And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching, King James says in vain, our preaching therefore is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But if He did not raise Him, in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain. It's futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. In other words, they will never, ever be raised from the dead that we might enjoy our, our loved ones that went to heaven before us. Listen, it's, if it's only for this life, he says, if we have hope of Christ in this life only, we are of all men most miserable. Literally, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. I want to submit to you today, if Christ isn't raised from the dead, if he didn't raise bodily, physically from the dead, verse 14 reads, if Christ be not raised, our preaching is useless. In other words, the gospel is emptied of its value, emptied of its power. There is no good news to people living in faulty bodies in a fallen world. Because there is no hope. Death will cancel every relationship, cancel every hope. It will stop life in its tracks, never to be made alive again. Paul is saying, if you leave off this part, the last part of verse 4, if you leave Christ in the grave, then the gospel is without value. It is no longer uh, a good news. It is an empty, hopeless message, and it is meaningless to us. Ah, but friend, Christ is risen from the dead, and that's why the gospel packs such power today. Praise God. Amen. The the resurrection of Christ, just like the crucifixion, is the very core of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, listen. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein ye stand, by which also you're saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That, my dear friends, is the gospel. Nothing more and nothing less. If you want to share the good news with someone, tell that person that Jesus died for their sins, that he really died on the cross, but that he also actually, bodily, physically rose from the dead. And if a person believes that with his whole heart and repents and invites Christ into their heart, they will be saved. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is alive, we should shout the good news to the end 
entire world. We should be the, the carriers of this good news. Hallelujah. Listen, if Christ was not raised, then the faith of a Christian is nothing but a sham. It's a shame <laughs> and a sham. It's only logically consistent that if the gospel itself is emptied of its value, then the faith of Christians who believe the gospel is emptied of any value. Verse 14 puts it this way, If Christ be not raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. There is no resurrection. The hall of the faithful in Hebrews 11 would instead be the hall of the foolish. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, David, the prophets, and all the others listed would have been faithful for nothing. They would have been mocked, scourged, imprisoned, stoned, afflicted, ill-treated, and put to death completely in vain. All believers of all ages have believed for nothing, lived for nothing, and died for nothing, if Christ be not raised from the dead. But friend, I declare unto you by the authority of Scripture, Jesus is alive, the gospel is not a sham, and thank God our faith is not in vain. Glory to God. Amen. Lee Strobel was a former atheist and legal reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He said this in his excellent book, The Case for Christ. Let me read this to you today. Let's take a little extra time as we approach Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. The evidence for the resurrection of Jesus, he said, didn't develop gradually over the years as mythology distorted memories of his life. Rather, the resurrection was the central proclamation of the early church from the very beginning. The ancient creed from 1 Corinthians 15 mentions specific individuals who encountered the risen Christ. And Paul even challenged first century doubters to talk with these individuals personally to determine the truth of the matter for themselves. The New Testament book of Acts is littered with extremely early affirmations of Jesus' resurrection. And while the Gospels describe numerous encounters in detail, this is what British theologian Michael Green concluded. The appearance of Jesus are as well authenticated as anything in antiquity. There can be no rational doubt <laughs> that they occurred. The devil doesn't like it, but he's got to continually deal with it because every Resurrection Sunday we reiterate the truth of Jesus' resurrection. You see, if Christ be not raised from the dead, then Christian preachers, teachers, and witnesses, we're just flat-out liars and guilty of perjury. <laughs> More than that, he says in verse 15, we are found to be false witnesses about God. We have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he didn't raise him. In fact, the dead are not raised. And Paul's train of thought's really clear here. If the gospel is emptied of its value, the faith of Christians is a sham, then the ones who taught the gospel must be false witnesses. This statement must be considered against the background of what the New Testament says about false teachers. They're treated as a satanic group to be excommunicated from the church, even on occasion denounced publicly. And yet here Paul is suggesting that he and all other Christian ministers are themselves essentially 
false teachers and liars if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Glory to God. Amen. History also teaches us that many of these same eyewitnesses, when later given the choice by Jewish and Roman persecutors between death and denying the resurrection, chose martyrdom without hesitation. It's true, some patriots, some zealots, and even some terrorists are willing to die for what they believe in. But I ask you, what what person would be foolish enough to willingly die for a lie that he knew was a lie? No, friend, the resurrection is not a cleverly fabricated lie, but rather it's an irrefutable truth and an irrevocable event. <laughs> it transformed lives then, and it is transforming lives to this very day. Glory, hallelujah. You see, friend, without the resurrection, the faith then of Christians is worthless. Verse 17 reads, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain or futile. The implication behind this is that the only thing that enables our faith to bear fruit for God is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's resurrection power coming from the resurrection of Jesus. Therefore, if there's no resurrection, our faith is worthless and fruitless. The early apostles won thousands of converts to Jesus, not because they were great orators or well-organized evangelistic campaigns, but because they were absolutely convinced that their Lord was alive, having once been dead. I like Romans eight eleven. It says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken Make alive, this is resurrection life, resurrection power, your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Friend of mine, without the resurrection Christians, sins have not been forgiven. We have no hope of reconciliation to God, no hope of heaven. We're hell bound and nothing can stop it without the resurrection because He was raised for our justification. Hallelujah. Listen to verse 17 here. The last part of this verse. If Christ had not been raised, you're still in your sins. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna declare and proclaim today the greatest of all human needs is forgiveness. To know that God is not holding us liable for our trespasses and that the guilt of our sin is no longer on our account. But it's all predicated upon the fact that the Savior who was delivered up for our transgressions was also raised for our justification. <laughs> in the cross, we see redemption effected, and in, in the resurrection, we see it accepted by the Father. I want to say that again. This is important. In the cross, we see redemption effected. That's where He paid our sin debt. But in the resurrection, we see it accepted by the Father. Think for a moment the horror you and I would experience if we were to discover that our sins were still on our account, that the guilt of all the evil you've ever said, done, or thought was still on our head. That would be true if Christ did not rise. A dead Christ is a condemned Christ, not a victorious Christ. 
as long as the prisoner's not let out of prison, it must be concluded that the debt has never been paid. You see, without the resurrection, salvation could not have been provided. Without belief in the resurrection, salvation can't be experienced. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe it's impossible to be a Christian in any biblical sense and yet reject the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Without Christ's resurrection, dead Christians have perished. All the things that we're saying to give you hope from the Scriptures at funerals is all in vain. Verse 18 reads, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. How many of you have lost a loved one this past year? What, what if I were to tell you this morning that you will never see that loved one again? Here Paul uses an argument based upon the fate of every Christian that's preceded us in death. Few things are more characteristic of early Christianity than the changed view it gave people of death. For pagans, death was the end of all things. It was that adversary that in the end would defeat every man, woman, boy, and girl. But for Christians, it was no more than sleep, <laughs> which is a common New Testament euphemism for the death of a believer. It signifies the rest and peace available at death to one who's put his faith and her faith in Christ. The difference between a Christian funeral and an unbeliever's funeral is profound. There may be tears at both, but the fear and hopelessness which characterize so many non-Christian funerals, is absent at, the, at, at a Christian funeral. That's why the first Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4, 3 through 18 is quoted so often. And I have preached hundreds of funerals in almost 50 years of ministry. And this scripture is so comforting. And it says, 1 Corinthians four thirteen through 18, but I would not to have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. There's that euphemism for death. Death is final. Sleep means you, you're going to wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, verse 14. For if we believe, see, it's predicated on the resurrection. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, For wherefore comfort one another with these words. What a comfort it is to know that that child that died in that accident, that child that died from that cancer or disease, that di that child went to heaven, and you're going to be with that child again when you go to heaven because of the resurrection of the Lord 
Jesus Christ, that husband, that wife, that mother, that father, that dear friend, oh friend, death is not a period, but it is only a comma in the life of a Christian. And the final consequence is perhaps the most striking of all to me is that Christians are of all people. If there's no resurrection, we are of all people to be the most pitied. Amen. Why? Why? Verse 19 says, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. I like one translation of this verse. It puts the word only at the end of the phrase as in the Greek. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. But thank God, today the gospel is true. Thank God today as we... Get ready to celebrate, proclaim and celebrate the resurrection. Jesus died, was buried, and hallelujah, he rose the third day. I've heard people say, even if Christianity were false, the Christian life is the best life there is. Of course it is. For it stresses close family life, honesty in business, kindness to neighbors, and peace to one's enemies. But Paul disagrees. Sure, Christian life may be all other things being equal. Live longer, healthier, happier, but in the end doesn't justify the means. If believers arrive at their lifestyle through deception and through delusion of a hope based upon the resurrection which didn't occur, then they are indeed most miserable, according to the King James. No better off than the people who live good lives under the spiritual delusion known as Mormonism or New Age philosophy or any other false religious system. Friend of mine, David Lord George said this as we get ready to close today. Years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales carrying a tiny baby in her arms when she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard, she never reached her destination alive. When the blizzard had subsided, her body was found beneath the snow. But searchers discovered that before her death, she had taken off her outer clothing, wrapped it about her baby. When they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. She'd given her life for her child, providing the depth of her mother's love. Years later, that child, David Lloyd George, grown to manhood, became the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and without doubt one of England's greatest statesmen. England was a better place for a time because a mother gave her life for her son. I'm going to submit to you today that the world would be a better place and can be a better place because on Resurrection Sunday oh, over 2,000 years ago, the Son of God gave His life on a cruel Roman cross. Amen. For His mother, His family, His nation, and the entire world. Thank God that includes you and that includes me today. Because of Jesus, we who put our trust in Him are going to live forever. Hallelujah. Death 
That's why Paul put it this way, who, who knew the resurrection was true. He even saw Jesus after the resurrection, and he can tell you Jesus is alive and he's very well. Glory be to God. Amen. He said, death, where's your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when David Lloyd George was asked, what is the greatest event in history to affect mankind? He immediately replied, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today, I tell you, dear friend, this is the most important, important event in human history. And it's the most important celebration in the Christian faith. Because the baby in the manger, had he not went to the cross, he could have, he could have never paid our sin debt by being the pure, holy Son of God. But when the pure, holy Son of God gave his life's blood and suffered and died on the cross and cried, it is accomplished. It is paid in full from the cross. Our sin debt was paid. But if he's not raised from the dead, then the cross is canceled. The baby has no significance without the cross, and the cross has no significance without the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if he's not raised, none of these things matter anymore, and there's no hope for any of us. We face a Christless death, and we face eternal torment for our sins. For there's no payment for our sin, and the payment has not been accepted without the resurrection. I pray that we will enjoy and celebrate this wonderful, wonderful truth, this Resurrection Sunday. But I pray that we will take it seriously as it is. And we won't let the paganism that has been seeking to be blended with this celebration to take us into worldly activities instead of worshipful activities this Resurrection Sunday. I'm looking forward to sharing Holy Communion and I'm looking forward to sharing the faith that can't, that even death can't cancel. <laughs> Hallelujah. With the children of God in our, our physical congregation right here in Tampa. You're on our website. Look where we're going to be meeting in Brandon, Florida, near the Brandon Hospital, 324, uh, West, uh, uh, Robertson Avenue, just off of, 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 uh, Highway 60 and, and, and just off, just before you get to the Brandon Hospital. Hospital on Robertson Avenue off of Parsons Avenue. Come at 11 a.m. and let's celebrate this great truth, this great event, hallelujah, that has changed our lives and changed our destiny as believers in Jesus Christ today. And if you don't know Jesus today, the scripture says of you, and I say this in almost every time that we're, we're on the website and we're coming by computer to wherever you are. The scripture says if you're not a Christian today, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, repenting of your sin, then this truth will have no value to you when you die, even though it can have eternal value to you when you die. And it's appointed to man, every man, to die. And after that, that means something's going to happen. Death is not the end. 
After that, the judgment. A friend of mine, to not fear the judgment to come is a peace that is worth more than anything this world can offer you. Amen. To know that you have your sins forgiven, that you can stand before a holy God and know that your sins will not be put to your account because of what Jesus did on the cross and what happened to him when he was raised from the dead happened to you and happened to me as well. Glory be to God. Don't run from God today. Don't run from this great truth today. Don't let anyone talk you out of the blessing of this great truth today. Hallelujah. Come to Christ. Run to Christ. Come and taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And friend of mine, you will find His pardon. You will find His forgiveness. You will find His promise to you that death will not cancel all the hopes, all the dreams. Death will not not leave you bare to the wrath of God for our sins, naked with no covering at all. All friends, But eternal life will be yours to claim and it will be yours in your spirit already. Praise God. You hath he quickened, given that resurrection life who were dead in trespasses and sins. Friend of mine, come to Christ today (laughs) and celebrate the resurrection. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate God's grace and God's love. And have the hope that only the gospel can give you. Amen. And let's, as Christians, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, let's let that first love for Him, for what He's done for us, let's let it be rekindled in our heart and serving with a passion this coming year that others will see and wonder where are you getting this hope <laughs> and you can tell them we got this hope because of what Jesus has come and accomplished for us and because of his resurrection and because of his soon coming we can live in these perilous times and yet be filled with hope and anticipation That's what the world needs to hear. That's what the world needs to see in and through us. And they'll come. We can share Christ with them. In Jesus' name.